The spirit of performance defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the all-electric ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. While what powers their cars may change, the energy that makes Acura never will. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system and up to 313-mile range on a single charge and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is everything they said electric could never be. It was built with the driver in mind, just like Acura's been doing since the beginning. We could talk all day, but the only way to experience this electric performance is to drive it yourself. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Keaton here with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Futures are solid to start a very busy week as a Q3, or Q3 earnings really kick into second gear. Pelosi sets that stimulus deadline. Got some energy M&A as well, and it's the anniversary of Black Monday. Our roadmap begins with stimulus countdown. The speaker does set a 48-hour deadline for any pre-election deal. Plus, mega oil deal. That's where we are. ConocoPhillips acquiring Contra Resources. It is the largest shale industry deal this year. And we're going to have Conoco CEO Ryan Lance join us this hour. And the 737 MAX European uh, or comeback European regulators say it's safe to fly. And American Airlines planning a December return to service. Carl. All right. Jim, I heard you just talking to Becky about stimulus as we continue to kick this around. It does not sound like you think this new sense of urgency, quote unquote, is going to do much to push a package forward. No, I just we are too close to the election. I think that either side uh, gives then the other side, uh, I, I think, has them. So let's say the president gives a little bit more then I think that Speaker Pelosi will make it even tougher because the president wants to get that check to you with, for the least amount of money that says Donald J. Trump on it. And I know that that's something that I mean, a lot of people just say, wow, the president gave it to me. So I just think that what we should be owning and tra- trading and buying uh, are companies that are about to go through a, an earnings uh, period that I think is going to be rocky, but overall positive. And I think one of the reasons why it's going to be positive is that if you don't, if you're not able to make the earnings, well, you know what? You sell yourself. David, I think that you're, uh, the acquisition you want to cover is very typical. Concho's about as good as it gets. And they couldn't lift their stock price. They just couldn't. Well, you've said for a long time, and I, can, I would cont- uh, assume you continue to believe it's an uninvestable sector, broadly speaking, oil, oil and gas, whatever you want to call it, Jim. But you're right. You know, there's so many different pressures on these businesses. And another one is ESG. Certainly not something you're getting pressure from the administration on, but from shareholders and from those that allocate capital, Jim. And that is figuring into the decision making at these companies as well. And the additional costs that they may be taking on to meet certain goals under ESG so that perhaps they can no longer be uninvestable. Right. Well, when you go to their different websites, so you go to Concho's website. And remember, Concho is one of the best there is. You know, what they show you right up front is, look, here's how we're dealing with pollution. Here's how we're dealing with the ESG issues. Uh, Parsley PE has been a company that's been out in front saying, listen, we got a flare less. Flare is what you see when you're an astronaut and you look over our country and you see these bright lights and they're not cities. 
they are uh, flame, and that's burning off the natural gas because we have too much natural gas in the country. So, you know, Carl, we can talk about this group and um, say, you know what, at a certain level, it's got to be interesting. Or we can look at Chevron yielding seven and wondering, hold it, the best is of the best. Can they pay that dividend? So I come back and say, you know what, people would rather buy 50 times sales than they would buy five times earnings uh, in the right group. They'll buy 50, they'll pay Mizum being 50 times sales, which is Hey, by the way, but the, but the, but the companies, Jim, are going to continue to try to position themselves for what for what is coming. They're going to continue to try to position themselves as Conoco is for this ESG world that we live in, where, again, uh, it doesn't matter what the government of the U.S. thinks. It's actually what investors think and care about. And so this is part of that. Right. I mean, and this is a guy what Tim Leach, who's who is one of the, you know, very well regarded, very making a decision to, to sell. He's going to be a part of this company, by the way. That but just one, on the board. That's, no, he's going, he's, going to be running the, he's going to be running the lower 48. Right. And I think, uh, you know, even though this leaked last week, the Contra deal, that part of it did not. And so, and he's pre- yes, that he's president. president. Yes, he's president. And uh, he will be president um, of the uh, and running the lower 48, running all of that, you know, the Bakken and. Uh, and the right. Eagleford and, of course, the Permian. So you know, he's regarded as the intellectual of the group. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important because he early on recognized, you know what? We're not a good swing producer. The Permian is terrific. We're going to lower our price. It's not going to come back. And one of the things that he did, David, was not base his whole philosophy on the idea of pump, 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 because good prices have to come. He really was about cutting costs and becoming a great, clean producer. And I'm glad he's staying on because he's one of the few that really has that reputation of of being the best we have. Right. Right. But meanwhile, not able to really create a lot of value in the current environment. So you do an all stock deal, you roll in and you hope for the best in terms of the combined company and that your own shareholder base is going to be rewarded over time, given it is an all stock transaction. Well, David, between those two and Snowflake at 100 times sales, you know what I favor? Snowflake. Snowflake. Absolutely. Every time. I mean, Carl, we are in some wacko market. I was on the Zoom call last week. I mean, Zoom was doing triple what it was doing like three months ago. And I, and I know it's 50 times sales. But at the same time, I want growth not from cutting and hopefully having more oil per rig. But I want growth that is pure, that is uh, dominant in an era where COVID, I'm listening to to. Uh, uh, you know, when you listen to Dr. Gottlieb, he's not saying COVID's going to go out. I watched last night another network, Dr. Fauci. He's very concerned. I know Johns Hopkins is very concerned. Do I really want to be in a world where I think the COVID's going to end and we're going to start uh, driving like mad and oil's going to go up? I'm not buying it, Carl. I'm not yeah. buying that, that, yeah. pre, that, that, uh, that better than ever world. Well, to quote Gottlieb this morning, uh, we have two or three very hard months ahead of us. I think it's going to be the hardest phase of this pandemic. At the same time, Jim, uh, TSA is out with their screening numbers. They screened a million people on Sunday. We haven't done that since March 17th. I mean, I obviously suppressed off at pre-COVID levels, but I don't know. I mean, how many signals are pointing to a rough winter and how many signals are pointing to a tepid, at least, recovery. Well, I think the airline industry somehow and ridiculously dragged kicking and screaming is now willing to admit that there's almost no COVID on planes if you uh, wear masks. 
I find, I mean, I'm going to be, I, I have no fear whatsoever of flying. By the way, I have no fear whatsoever of flying on the MAX, which is the most studied plane in history. And I'm glad that's coming back. That's very positive for the U.S. economy. But I do think that it, it isn't flying that's a problem. David, it's finding something worth going to. Yeah, that's really the key. Uh, it's it's going, to a, going to a place where things are open that you want to actually go to, whether it's restaurants, whether it's any number of other entertainment activities that are available in various places you would go. What can you really do? And then there's the business traveler, which, Jim, you know, I would argue, given all the conversations we've all had with executives who typically are on the road 40, 50, 60 percent of the time, that's never coming back. No. I mean, will they go on the road? Of course. Will they take trips? Yes. Are they ever going to travel as much as they once did? No way. No. no way. Not when they're closing so many deals with Zoom. I mean, you, you, Carl, when you go over those bank earnings, Carl, you will see companies that I think a year and a half ago would have said, it's impossible for us to do business, really big business over the phone yep. uh, in video. I'll tell you something else. Mark Benioff took his first trip. Mark Benioff was the biggest globetrotter <laughs> salesperson in history. He went to Singapore this weekend. By the way, no COVID in Singapore. 100% mask required, legal, illegal. Don't go there without wearing a mask because they decided to wipe out COVID, and they have. I don't know, Carl. Yeah, I saw some pictures he was tweeting from his trip. <laughs> um, Jim, on stimulus, uh, Cashin's out with a note this morning. He says... Uh, the overall market seems to be hopeful on a package, but subsectors demonstrate no convincing belief on the part of traders. Uh, I guess that sort of is more in line with your view. Yeah, I mean, look, I think Caterpillar hangs in there. It's really rather incredible because Caterpillar, you'd think that's like software as a steam shovel. I mean, those guys are incredible. Deer is, is just uh, doing amazingly well. But then there's that whole other group like Newcore, which reports this week. And if you look at Newcore, this, this is steel. So if you're going to have manufacturing, you're going to use a lot of steel. The other way you can have stimulus, obviously, put people, give people checks. But one of the things, David, you see the piece about how when you gave them checks, they paid down debt? Yes, I did. Well, weren't they I supposed did. to go to? Uh, yeah, credit ratings actually went higher. Well, right? we had nothing to do. I went yeah. to a restaurant. It was two tables this weekend. I said, wow, this is pretty good food. And the chef serves it, Metalark, it was dynamite. But you look around, it's like, where's everybody else? Were you inside? I was inside. You ate inside? I ate inside. What's going on with you? I took a risk like you wouldn't believe. Place was clean. There's only two tables in the front section. Uh, we had some people within about eight feet of us. Wow. I felt good. Right, well, and when you we and like a lot of other people, Jim, are sort of, you're, you know, you've, you've moved out a little bit on your own risk curve. Obviously, I, I know you're basing that on rates, positivity rates, exactly where you are at any moment uh, in that particular area. But. Well, Everybody's moved out a bit on the risk curve. Have you used the Pixel Lab Corp test? Still not coming back to work. What's that? The Pixel Lab Corp test that no, my wife takes constantly. You just send it, FedEx, yeah. you come back. They say right. you're fine. You send it, FedEx, yeah. they say you're back. You know, it's like, wow. So we felt with all this, we're going to go out. Carl, guess what? We were in New Hope, Pennsylvania, all right? And almost everybody had a mask. And if anybody didn't, my wife started going, <coughs> but I tested negative. Worked every time. You see people pull out masks suddenly. It's like, you know, we have to do our part. Carl, we have to do our part. So masks save lives. I guess the next question, Jim, is, is whether or not you're willing to go to a movie, uh, X-Manhattan, right? Uh, X-New York City this Friday, right? As New a York movie? State opens up theaters 
And uh, AMC says they'll, they'll have theaters alone? open like in, Stephen I think, 44 King? of 45 states in which they have operations. I, I love yeah. Adam Aaron. He's an old friend. He's CEO of, of AMC. But I don't think I'm ready for a movie. Uh, maybe if I wear, like, a shower cap or something so I am kind of don't get to whoever was there before. I know they clean them out. But, no, I, movies are right up there with cruise ships. Not, but everything's cleaner than it once was. I mean, oh, okay. the New York City subway's never been cleaner. The movie theaters have never been cleaner. Airplanes have never been cleaner. Everything's getting cleaned. Why do I have to go to the movies? I got Netflix. I mean, remember when you used to go to the movies and it was always sticky and your feet would get stuck on whatever was there before you and the yeah, popcorn in the seat. And- but then I started going to the movies and having dinner. I don't know if I want dinner served in my movie. Carl, you ever go to those movie theaters know, but- where it's like you can have a couple of margaritas? Um, yes. Oh, yes. I like those. I was just steak. Yeah. yeah, I was just getting into that when when it all. But Carl, the movies. What movies are you going to see? I guess becomes the key question. Who's releasing a major, uh, big blockbuster right now? None that I'm aware of. Right. Uh, if anything, you, they're going the other way, right? We got another. Uh, was it Snow from Disney? Uh, was going to be a theatrical release. Yes. Again, going to streaming. So yeah, I think it's. Um, I mean, again, it's sort of an allegory, a gym to restaurants. Yeah. You can open, but uh, you might not be able to get the chefs in, and you might not be able to get the consumers in. I think that this was a seminal weekend that people were out, uh, and people went to restaurants. Uh, I think people felt a little more emboldened. At the same time, the numbers are so horrendous. Uh, and I think that it, this has become ideological. The left says the case numbers are, are amazing. There are over 38 states, but, you know, over 100,000. And the right says, but look, the death count is not bad. And I don't think this should be ideological. I think this should be about, uh, David, it's about therapeutics. It should be about the vaccine. Too many people think, you know what, when the vaccine comes, we're going to be fine. You know, there's this bridge, David, between now and the vaccine where yeah. I think that you may have to look. I didn't go to the Eagles game this weekend. And it wasn't because they're not good. Um, I didn't, and they nice comeback. I didn't go because I, I was fearful. All right, so you didn't want to do that, but you went and ate inside a restaurant. Well, there's 5,000 screaming maniacs versus three people in the restaurant besides okay. me. No, I hear you. I mean, I think everybody makes their own decisions uh, based on the facts like as I, they know them. Unfortunately, the we're, not, we're not all sharing the same facts, I think, is, is part, of the, part of the issue in the country. As you say, there are... You went to Bernardin the day it opened. We're Don't not, you look at I, me. We're not. I did, I did eat inside once. Uh, I also ate in, outside Saturday night, and it was so cold. Well, that's That's going to get tougher to do. Carl, when I look at the restaurants that are going to be open outside in the month of November, I'm going to say, where was the stimulus? 14 million people involved in hospitality. That stimulus business, I don't know, because we mothballed two restaurants. Why? Well, because we, what are we going to do? Like, have atomic reactors next to people? I mean, you know, this is a Generac. Maybe we get a Generac and be able to have outside eating. It's not working. Yeah. But the Republicans and the Democrats are really thinking about it. They're getting it done. Not. Jim, all good points uh, and and part of the trouble in evaluating how the winter is going to go. Take a break here. Uh, As Jim and David said, David's going to talk to the Conoco chief on this Concho deal after the break. A lot of price target increases for stocks that are going to post earnings this week, uh, like Texan and Snap, to name a couple more uh, others. Uh, Chipotle and Cat in there as well. We'll get to all of that when Squawk in the Street comes back. Strong debut for Apple's new iPhone 12. According to a top Apple analyst, the company sold more iPhone 12 models in the first 24 hours of pre-orders last week than iPhone 11 models sold in the same period last year. 
Uh, TF International uh, said Apple sold up to 2 million in the first 24 hours, up from 800,000 units of the 11, Jim. Sort of runs counter to what we've seen long term, and that is a declining number of, say, uh, Google searches for the new phone with each cycle. Yeah, look, I remember uh, lining up to get an Apple 11 uh, at the old GM building in Midtown and just finally giving up and then going up to the one on Madison finally giving up and just saying, you know what, I'll get it online. And that was the 11, which frankly was something that I think what people felt was just a placeholder. Uh, this is not. This is a revolutionary phone, uh, 5G. Uh, everybody I know who wants to get this is really a, kind of a, a Apple 7, 8, 10 uh, I, I'm one of the few people with 11, but you can get a you know you can get a good exchange, and I think that this is one of those where the analysts, the long knives were out once again. I mean, there's a Goldman guy he's got to sell one. I don't know. I mean, maybe he's just uh, ill-advised. Uh, other than Katie Huber, he was gave a lukewarm piece that really was a kind of belief of uh, Apple ennui, David. I'll call it Apple ennui. Yeah, and that's just not correct. Um, yeah, listen, I'm more focused uh, on on. What this means for 5G, the fact that you're going to start to put handsets in people's hands uh, who are going to start to use a network that is still under construction, obviously, by our three major companies uh, and but eventually will have enormous impact. Right. When you think about what what occurred as a result of the move from 3G to 4G or LTE and all of the different things that were enabled in terms of business models and what this will mean, not today, not even tomorrow, but fairly soon. Uh, in terms of the years ahead, what it means for 5G, far beyond the, the, the phone itself, right. Jim. Uh, obviously, the enterprise comes first, but then just so many different things that are going to be enabled as a result of these networks, where we talk about it so often, the lack of latency is one of the key things. Just they're so fast. Well, I'll just give you an example of latency, Carl. I mean, so this weekend, I have the DirecTV. I, I've got the package for football, the Sunday ticket. And every time you were trying to get on it, it was slow, it was late, it gave you the circle of death, it said, don't worry, whatever. And, you know, 5G, according to the 5G aficionados, that's over. That's over. It's the same as watching something at home with cable. And I think a lot of people want to be on the go and watch and just kind of know it doesn't work. That's going to change with 5G, one of the reasons why I want the 12 so badly. And you watch. Well, you'll get one then. Yes, I will. I know you. If you want it badly, you will get it. Uh, coming up, ConocoPhillips CEO Ryan Lance is going to join us. That's uh, on, well, it's the deal of the day, maybe the week, maybe the month even, the oil major agreement by Contra Resources for a little less than $10 billion of Conoco's stock. Keep it here. Hello, I'm Laura Castleton, U.S. Head of Portfolio Construction and Strategy at Janus Henderson Investors. Is a brighter future possible? At Janus Henderson, we think it is. For 90 years, we've worked to help clients achieve superior financial outcomes and fulfill our purpose of investing in a brighter future together. We know that this means our thinking and our investments are helping to shape millions of brighter futures for the next 90 years and beyond. To learn more, go to JaniceHenderson.com. Oh, yeah, you're over here. All right, let's get to a mad dash. I'm still adjusting. This is you're how closer. far the tables were when we went out to eat. Okay, right, so good. stop it with that. Okay. okay. I, I was saying, if you right. eat inside, maybe we can be at the same desk. But no. Yeah, I bet no. you in Washington, Connecticut, they eat any way you want to up there. Um, yeah, just keep talking. Tell yeah. everybody. Anything else you want to share about anything? Yeah, yeah. my spit. How about okay. a mad dash? All right, here we go. Uh, <laughs> wow. All right, now get this. There was a company that a lot of people thought they were on its last legs called L Brands. 
Remember in that uh, Victoria's Secret that yes. nobody goes they had to that whatever. deal to do. They had that deal with Sycamore that yes. fell apart. And the stock looked like it was a goner. Look where it is. Was that incredible? Well, Matt Boss, who you know is my fave, goes from 42 to 50. JP Morgan, CEO is confident in one of those talks that they had of sustainable low 20s operating margins, square footage growth. Fifty dollars, fifty percent upside, David. I'm Wait, for a mall retailer. What is going on here? Well, are they selling Bath stuff and, online? Bath and Body Works people want soap. Bath it's because it's a see, it's a pandemic, David. People wash their hands a lot more. That's true. Right? Yes. That's a, wouldn't you want to be in the soap business? Yes. In, during a pandemic, yes. well, they've got all sorts of different soaps. So it's a winner. And I think you ought to get on board. Bath and Body Works, of course, was never a part of the initial deal either. Or no, it was more Victoria's no. Secret. How about Victoria's Secret, though? Is that not? Uh, I don't know. That's not where the where it's. Uh, at. That's not where the action is. By the way, Gap Stores is big meeting this week. People talking about Athleta and Old Navy doing well, and kind of just putting aside. So the what about the mall? It's mall overall, though. Then, I don't know. Jim. Federal I mean, Realty got cut down. On, Federal Realty, that's of, a shopping center. Federal Realty got cut really badly. That's a five percent yield. Uh, yeah, this, this is one that within the mall is doing quite well because it was written off. Leslie Wexter, just written off. Right, right. Want to grab a bite to eat after? Sure. Inside or out? Out. <laughs> it's nice and warm today. It's like 70 degrees. That's the first thing you have to do now I if you're you, ever making plans is check, check the I've weather. Got, I've got the... Uh, is it going to rain? Uh, What's Apple the temperature? What's it going to be like at 6 o'clock I know. or 7? Yeah. I have a steak tonight. Took one out before I left. Very nice. Very nice. All right. We got an opening bell for you five minutes away as we're just getting started here on Squawk on the Street. By the way, coming up soon is Ryan Lance, ConocoPhillips chairman and CEO on that deal to acquire Contra Resources. We'll be back right at this. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. The election is uh, two weeks from tomorrow, and the street today remains focused increasingly on what they're calling a blue wave. Today, it's J.P. Morgan who writes, market expectations are set up for a Biden win and a front-loaded fiscal package in early 2021. And there's room for disappointment if these assumptions do not come to fruition. Fears of an electoral process that could last weeks are abating. Jim, as they say, 26 million ballots are already cast, and we got early voting beginning today in states like Colorado and Florida. Yep, I, I decided after 2016 that it's a sucker's bet to talk about who's going to win. Uh, we don't seem to get the adequate uh, polling results. I, I think that a lot of the of what looks like the wave does not necessarily uh, add up to the states uh, that are that need to go which way. I think that you have to invest in the fundamentals. I think if you invest in the stimulus. That's a sucker's play, too. What, what you have to think about is housing's in bull mode, uh, autos in bull mode. 
You've got some manufacturing that's coming back because China's in bull mode. We have situations that are just positive and where you can buy stocks. And, of course, the biggest is software and cloud. And as long as we're not overwhelmed by, uh, by IPOs, David, we see where the action is. It's in our, the dominant American companies that have figured out how to make money off the cloud. And are growing incredibly quickly and being rewarded for that with multiples to sales by the likes of which we haven't seen in 20 years. We may never have seen something a hundred times. Yeah. There's at least a dozen companies of high quality that are north of 10 times sales. Well, there we go. Guys, let's get ready for the opening bell here on this Monday. Uh, watch uh, Brett fill in, as we like to say, as we get ready for a busy week. 80 S&P companies report in the next five sessions, including eight Dow names. Uh, and we'll watch stimulus. We'll watch M&A. Obviously, we got a presidential debate, the final one on Thursday. Uh, Jim, I've, you, you mentioned earnings season potentially being rocky. When we look at the lineup for the week, the Netflixes, the Teslas, IBM, Snap, Coke, Chipotle. How do we know what's going to be on the on the rough side of that rock? Well, I, I do think that there are certain stocks that are just so loved that it doesn't seem to matter what they report. I think that Netflix is set up to be positive. It, it go, if, even if it goes down, it goes down for a couple of, couple of weeks maybe and then comes back. Uh, uh, Tesla is so – Tesla's worshipped. Uh, this is a new thing in our market. We have younger people who worship stocks. I don't think they're worth worshipping. They are pieces of paper, but I think that there are certain stocks that just can't I don't know. That are. It's like they want to. They're like lovey blankets. Look at Tesla, David. Come on, look at that. Yeah, I see it. I've been watching it. Four hundred and fifteen billion dollar. Well, what do you make of that? I mean, stocks, by the way, are no longer pieces of paper. Just so you know, they're. Well, what do you? They're, they're, what are they're they? They're nothing. They're just. I mean, nothing. does anybody really get a stock certificate anymore? Does that? No, happen? but I'm saying that they're just. They, they, I understand they what you're saying. Those. I'm just making a point. I, Carl, when I speak with younger just people, digital representations. I, do, I speak to younger people pretty much everywhere. They recognize me and they always say the same thing, which is, do you like Neo more than Tesla? Do and you what, like Netflix more than uh, Neo? Yeah. Santoli had a good column over the weekend about this. Uh, not, not a scare story per se, but the idea that baby boomers are slowly cashing out, Jim, of this market and they're right. handing over uh, what ownership they had to Younger, we call them Robin Hood traders. We call them a bunch of different things, but it's a definite younger cohort that thinks about equities in a fundamentally different way. Yes. I mean, the idea that this single stock risk stuff that the uh, ETF purveyors uh, have put upon us is being rejected by them. What they're looking for is the next Tesla. They're very comfortable owning Amazon. And who can blame them? Because the numbers we got um, about what the early look is on Amazon Prime are extraordinary. And who's going to go against people who have decided, you know what? We are uh, buyers of the semis, which are up 30 percent for the year. I mean, a lot of the stocks that they buy are are, are of companies that are doing well. It's not like, David, they're buying uninformed. They're not uninformed. They have done work in the sense of they know what the companies do. Uh, Wait, they, who? They know what the companies do. Who, the Robin Hooders? Yeah, they do. What do you mean? I thought we've sat here and talked about how they don't know well, what the no, companies do. Uh, no, they know what it does. They don't necessarily know the P.E. They don't care about price to sales, the things that they used to care about. They know what Snowflake does? Uh, maybe not. All right. Yeah, I just not. wanted to make sure. They know what Tesla They know what Tesla does. Yeah. They think they know what Tesla does. They, well, they think it's a... We they all think, think it's a technology know. company yeah. that well, has to manufacture be right about cars. That. Yeah, that's actually. But I don't think that's well. They're not buying American Electric Power for heaven's sake. No, 
And that's probably the way you need to view Tesla if you're going to value it the way it is being valued. Right? But they like advanced micro, Carl. They, they love Apple. And they think that Zoom is, well, I mean, they use it. They think that it's a verb, but Zoom it is like we used to think it was Kleenex. Now they think it's Zoom. And when you see the Zoom numbers, you have to recognize. I mean, I was on two Zoom calls this weekend. It's a link, for heaven's sake. You click it. I'm even, even people who have never, ever touched a PC know how to get on Zoom, Carl. I mean, they've made it so easy. <laughs> and the graduate, it has. It's like, wow, I can Zoom. just, I mean, I can just get on. I just click the link. And I'm suddenly, I'm like talking to my daughter. I mean, how did that happen? Zoom has $163 billion yep. market value now. What's the matter with that? one of the largest companies out there. Why shouldn't it be? They, it's like Babe Ruth. He had a better year than the president. Than the president. Right? I mean. Yeah. I mean, David, this is, a, they're the, it's, they're not the Dodgers. They're better than the Dodgers. Yeah. 770% increase in the stock. Well, what's this, uh, over the last It was mispriced. Months? No one ever thought this could happen. No, this is my darn first pandemic. And if you had told me, Carl, that at this point in the pandemic, that there people would st- be more worried than ever about going out, I mean, look, I'll close my deals on Zoom. I mean, it is true that it's like a Hollywood Squares thing when you're in a big room with Zoom people. And, and you're doing a lot of stuff on Zoom. That you, The new Zoom product is you're going to a concert. Uh, that's not bad. I want to go to a concert on Zoom. It's better than going to the concert and have people breathing all over you. Um, by the mm. way, something we yeah. Some, yeah, something, Carl, that we don't talk about as often. And we were talking earlier about how many people, how many executives will still get on planes. And of course, they will and have meetings. But this is the early days of this technology. It is still going to, I mean, imagine what it's going to look like five oh, years five, from now. And how about 5G? I mean, you're going right. to want to, I, I will Zoom my wife. Why should I have to Zoom her in the bit? Let's move on. <laughs> um, yeah, but there are going to be the ability to, I mean, you can probably holographically recreate recreate people who are going to be almost virtually in your same space. So Elon Musk have was a, right? Well, when you, he called me a hologram? You are, he a didn't hologram? call you was a hologram. He, he called you a uh, simulation. Simulation. He isn't. We, Carl, where's it? Elon Musk been lately? I mean, he was part of the excitement of stocks. You know, you know Jim, really quick, you said something a moment ago about China uh, sort of supporting our manufacturing. Oh, yes. I mean, today the headline is Tesla exporting from China to Europe, uh, their Model 3. That's a big deal for the Shanghai Gigafactory. On on Friday, you were out, but Ford was up 25 in China in Q3. We know GDP, IP up 6.9 for the quarter. Uh, I mean, how much are we relying on that? And what implications does that have for any kind of uh, tensions that we might see between the U.S. and China? Absolutely. They are buying. uh, One of the reasons why Deere stock has been incredible is they are buying a huge number of, uh, of our ag products. Uh, also, around the globe, they're trying to buy as much iron as possible. They're buying right, whatever is a raw, you know, nickel. So what's happened is, is that even you know, Caterpillar is being boosted by that. But Caterpillar is also oil and gas. And that I'm going to turn over to David for. Yeah, thanks, Jim. Uh, because, of course, as we've mentioned uh, previously in the show, ConocoPhillips announced this morning it will acquire Contra Resources. It's an all-stock transaction. It was worth about $9.7 billion at the time it was announced, probably worth right around there. Uh, both stocks down uh, slightly uh, in the early going, as you see right now, with ConocoPhillips down about 1.5%. Joining us now first on CNBC is ConocoPhillips Chairman and CEO Ryan Lance. And Mr. Lance, we're uh, thankful to have you this morning. Um, in your press release announcing the deal, there's a quote from you uh, that says, you believe today's transaction is an affirmation of our commitment to lead a structural change for our vital industry. What does that actually mean? 
Well, David, thank you. Appreciate the opportunity to be with you today. What it means is that we recognize the low returns this industry's had over the last decade. So we put together a value proposition and a company that was really going to focus on compelling returns of capital and on capital back to the shareholder. A sustainable company with respect to our ESG strategy that we're deploying as a company. And it really is about low cost of supply assets. It's about a resilient and very strong balance sheet. It's about adequate capital allocation that really focuses on value over growth. It's about distributions back to the shareholder and then doing that in a sustainable way that recognizes the transition, the energy transition that we're going through as a, as a, as a globe. Right. All right. So you mentioned sustainability at least twice just now and ESG very early in your answers. Uh, is this transaction in some way a catalyst for trying to reach some of these goals that you're talking about in ESG? Uh, yeah. Well, certainly the, the unconventionals in the U.S. are some of the lowest uh, equivalent carbon per barrel of production in anywhere in the world today. So this transaction and, and bringing in the Concho business into our company is really a, a marriage of two great companies that have a similar view around uh, sustainability, around the communities that we work in, and all the really aspects of, of ESG that make this important. So it's a great complement between the two companies and one where we're going to add 23 billion barrels of resource that has an average cost of supply of less than $30 a barrel WTI. That's the resilience piece. That's the, the long-term nature of this transaction and one that uh, recognizes all the key drivers that are important in this business. Now, another key part would seem to be something we weren't aware of previously is that Tim Leach, the CEO of Concho, is going to become, uh, um, well, essentially running your lower 48, as you're putting it, uh, the president of that. Um, why and what does that mean in terms of the way you view the company? Well, I think it's a recognition of the tremendous company that Tim's built over the course of many decades. So he's put a, a fabulous company together that has a huge position in the Permian Basin, both the Delaware and the Midland Basin. It's gonna be a great augment into our company. And it's really important in these unconventional developments to uh, share learnings across, get, get quickly down the learning curve, to create the margins that are uh, really important in a very volatile macro environment that we see today. So we're gonna be the, the largest independent company with uh, 1.5 million barrels a day of production. And we're going to be one of the most diverse independent companies. So we've got huge positions in the Eagleford, in the Bakken, and now a huge position in the Delaware and a growing position up in the Bakken in Canada. So our unconventional portfolio is growing, and that's balanced against a global footprint and a conventional and other assets within the company that reduce the capital intensity and just add to the global diverse nature. So it's Alaska, it's Canada, it's uh, Europe and Norway, it's Asia Pacific, it's the Middle East. So we bring a unique portfolio to the upstream EMP space that we think is unmatched by anywhere. And this, this acquisition of, of Concho just adds to that resiliency and that heft and that uh, low cost supply resource base that we've captured inside the company. And it's going to last for decades, which is really the exciting part of what we're doing. Uh, Mr. Lance, Jim Kramer, uh, great to see you. Thank you for coming. Yeah, I on. need to come visit you, Jim. I got. I, I can convince you otherwise. Believe me. Well, let me tell you why I feel that way. You run a great company. You even raised your dividend last week. You have done every bit of capital discipline that could ever be dreamed of. It, it really, kind of a wonder in this environment. And yet, your stock's down forty-eight percent. And one of the reasons why I've been saying it's uninvestable is not because of something you're doing, you're doing, you're giving her all she got. So what I'm struggling with, and I think this is a great merger because I've always liked Concho, is that w what does it take 
for investors to decide, you know what? This is the bottom. Well, you got a good yield. We got to buy. Yeah, so we're, we're convinced, Jim, that, the, the, that we got to change the paradigm. We got to attract more investors back into this business. The way we do that is compete against the industrial space. So you look at the dividend, what it's yielding today. You look at the free cash flow yield, the top line growth that we can create as a company. We're not going to try to grow our brains out. We're going to do that with strong returns and strong value. So it's the fundamental things investors are going to want out of this business. We're going to take the volatility out. We've got a strong balance sheet to run through that volatility, continue to invest our capital, continue to give our returns back to the shareholders. So it's a growing dividend. When we get excess excess cash, we'll return more back to the shareholder. We've committed to 30% of our cash going back to the shareholder. You've already mentioned the strong dividend yield. We've got the resources to grow and they're low cost to supply. So we know we're only gonna invest in things that have less than $40 a barrel WTI cost supply. So that ensures that we're going to get an after-tax return of 10%, and you will see growing ROCE over time. And when we demonstrate that, we understand we got to put a quarter after quarter after quarter of performance together. But if you look at our past history as a company, as ConocoPhillips, that's what we've been doing. It's a shareholder-friendly approach to the NP business. With this acquisition of Concho, it supercharges that. It gives us the resource base to really do this for decades, uh, decades to come. So that's what I want to convince you. It is an investable value proposition in the NP space, but it's something new and it's something different. We recognize we've got to go do it. We've been ex- ex- executing on this for the last couple of years. And the Contra just is a great augment because they have the same, you know, you followed them for a long time. Sure. Tim's got the same view about what it takes to succeed in this business is what we're describing in this great combination. Well, t- look, Tim Leach is, is, is fantastic. I, I happened to listen to a presentation in September uh, by Jack Harper, who's a t- the terrific president, because Concha's filled with, tr- with great people. And he made this point. He said, you know what? We, in the Permian speaking, are terrible to ourselves. We're not good swing producers. We don't know what to do. We're predicting five to go into seven, and then we go to four. We don't really have a handle on things. Well, the combined company have a better sense of where oil's going, and therefore, I know you like that, that great trend line, but if Mr. Harper admits the industry doesn't have that kind of discipline, how can you change the industry? Well, I think we're going to show the discipline with the combination of Concho and, and ConocoPhillips. We create this strong balance sheet that is able to really withstand the, this volatility we know it's going to come. We can't predict the prices. You know, the prices are going to go up. They're going to go down and not necessarily in that order. So we've really created something that's going to embrace that volatility. We think longer term and cycle prices are going to come down due to the energy transition. So that's why we're only investing in the lowest cost of supply resources that we have in the portfolio. And we've got 23 billion barrels of that sitting inside the portfolio today. So we recognize it's going to go up. It's going to go down. OPEC, what does they do? What do the Russians do? What does the U.S. US conventional do? That's all a price signal. But what we've created here is something that can operate through the cycles and embrace the kind of volatility that we know is going to happen in this business, and it's completely unpredictable. But we know if we're investing in low cost of supply, we have a value proposition that can deliver double-digit returns to the shareholders. That's going to be something we believe is compelling to all value investors in the business. And that's what we're bound and determined demonstrate to the investors so they can come back to investing in a vehicle that can give them those kinds of returns in the ENP space. Now, you're talking as well, Mr. Lance, about $500 million in annual costs and capital savings by 2022. But I want to understand, I mean, we talked a lot here about Mr. Leach. Uh, 
Are you going to fully integrate the Concho resources, uh, Concho's businesses into your own? And are there going to be layoffs, for example, in places like Midland? Well, there will be there'll be synergy that we've got to capture. We laid out $500 million a year. There's going to be some G&A reductions uh, across the whole portfolio as we think about that. But more, more significantly for, for our company, you know, with the resources that we're bringing in, we're making a strategic shift in how we think about long-term exploration for the company. We're going to keep doing some exploration. We'll do that around our existing big asset areas in Alaska, in Norway, in, in Malaysia. But thinking about the money that we've allocated to finding those new big things out the next 10, 20 years, we're going to pair that back. So the expense associated with that, the capital associated with that, represents about $250 million a year. There's additional synergies that we expect to capture on the GNA side, and that's the $500 million uh, run rate that we expect to, to reach by the end of next year and into 2022. Right. Uh, and, and finally, I mean, on your on your one of your top slides here, you talk about the fact that you're going to have an elevated commitment to ESG with the newly adopted Paris Aligned Climate Risk Strategy. You've mentioned it a few times during the course of this interview. So five years from now, what is your carbon footprint going to look like? Well, we'll continue to reduce our cap, our emissions intensity. And by, you know, we're going to reduce that 35 to 45 percent by 2030. And that's consistent with a Paris Aligned strategy with an ambition to get to net zero by the 2050 timeframe. And again, that's dealing with our scope one and scope two emissions, the emissions that we uh, we create by uh, the business that we're running today. And science tells us that everybody, if everybody were to take care of their scope one and scope two emissions like that, we can reach that Paris Aligned strategy of net zero by 2050. That's what we're doing. We have a very clear pathway to the 35 to 45% reductions by 2030, then we expect technology and other improvements to happen to, to get to the net, net zero right. approach. So uh, we're pretty excited about this, and it's and we think it's unique for the space. And, and, and real quickly, I mean, the U.S. is not a party to the Paris uh, Climate Agreement. Why do you care? We care because uh, we can't afford to go through this grand experiment with our planet. All right. Mr. Lance, appreciate your taking time with us. Thank you. Thank you, David. Carl? Got some comments from uh, Fed Chair Powell today, although not about monetary policy. Let's get to Rick Santelli. Yes, Carl, the retail sales numbers really are carrying through to today's session. Much of that horsepower being up 1.9% was really a bit shocking to many. And I know we're still debating stimulus, but as it sits, you can see the two-day there. Open the chart up to month to date. Ten-year note yields are once again knocking on the door at the top of the 80 basis point range in 10s and getting very close to the 160 area again in 30s. Now, if we go back to last week and look at boons on top of 10s, we could clearly see the divergence there. As a matter of fact, if you look at the actual distance between 10s and boons going back to March when COVID really started to show its ugly face, what you'll see is we are now basically close to as wide as we've been then, around 140 basis points. And that is something to pay very close attention to. Finally, the dollar versus the yuan. This chart goes back, what, 27 months. And this is really important. We talk about the economy getting back faster in China than many other spots in the world. And this is evidence of that as their currency continues to extend against not only the U.S. dollar, but the euro dollar as well. Carl, Jim, David, back to you. All right, Rick, thank you very much. Uh, Interesting market session of the uh, 30 Dow names. Only one stock is up or down more than 1%. That's Apple, barely up 
better than 1%. So pretty tight range here. Index is up uh, 87. We're back in a minute. 33 years ago today, it was Black Monday on Wall Street. The Dow fell 508 points. Uh, back then, that translated to a loss of 22.6%. Remains the Dow's biggest one-day percentage drop, equivalent to about six, maybe 7,000 points in today's numbers, Jim. Although we're getting to a point now where our viewers maybe were not only not working at the time, some of them may not have been alive or at least remember it. I think that a lot of people... Uh cannot believe there could be such chaos. At the end of the day, you really didn't know where prices were. Uh, there were stocks that were trading within 10 points of each other. You know, you know, 3M might be at 60, and then it's at 50. Caterpillar might be at 80, then it's at uh, you know, 40. Uh, it, it just almost just pure chaos and mayhem. And uh, David, you remember, I know that uh, there were many people who were trading by phone, and the other side wouldn't pick up the phone, the broker, because they didn't want to get hit. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was a fascinating day. I remember standing by the tick, an actual Dow Jones ticker tape, Newswire ticker tape. Right. Just watching it keep printing. Yeah, down, Carl down, was just. Down. Fortunately, we were in cash. Thank you to Karen Kramer. Little shout out for her. <laughs> it's only 33 years. That old. <laughs> you look. You look better now. Thank you. Thank You're you. You well. didn't. We didn't know each other then. No. No. <laughs> Guys, a quick break here. We're back in a minute. Jim, what's on Mad tonight? All right. What are the most overvalued stocks in this market? I think people deserve this. They want to know what to do. And we've got insight. And remember, what we think is overvalued may not be what you think is overvalued. So enjoy the show. We've been putting it together all weekend. It's a surprise. That's, I, I love your deep teases, uh, you. Jim. We'll see you at 6. All right. Uh, Mad Money, you. 6 p.m. Eastern Time. S&P's up 13, trying to reclaim 3,500. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools.